announcement time. Um, so it comes with great disappointment and uh, resentment and um, sorrow that I have to announce something to all the, the uh, faithful listeners of the podcast for over the last 55-ish episodes or so. I'm not sure exactly. But um, as you've noticed, we've been on hiatus for a little bit of time now. I think my our last ep came out around the time of the Super Bowl. And as I record this, it is April 8th, 2000. 18, the day of our Lord. And it looks like, um, it looks like we're back in this bitch. Now, by we, I mean the podcast. Uh, this episode that is, that I'm going to record now will not contain, uh, will not, uh, feature Brian or Randy for that matter, but just me and the Google home. Uh, took some time off for some, uh, personal issues, some work-related issues, scheduling issues, but I'm going to make it a point to get this shit back on track. I'm off work this week. I have few obligations, but otherwise, I'm going to try to record as many episodes as I can, have them shit in the can, um, and do what I can can with the dance dance. Hopefully, Brian will be on the next few episodes. If not, we do have some plans in the turnpike. Brian and I actually have like 20 episodes planned. We just have to get around to recording them with uh, our busy work, uh, school, and life schedule. It's hard to get together. Uh, Randy's working on some things, too. I don't make any announcements until everything is set in stone. Um, but so this episode will probably be a little bit short. I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about yet, but I just wanted to, to record something, get something out to you guys, and um, hopefully you guys like it. So, as always, um, if you don't like profanity or have any sensitivities or principalities in regards to content, I would suggest you don't even listen to this shit because uh, there's no rules because the FCC has, has yet to come after podcasts. And so until they do, I'm going to say whatever the fuck I want to say. Or we will as a show. So, um, enjoy the following episode. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. You've got exactly ten minutes to decide if you really want to know. You have built this city. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've done. Before Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are back again. By me, I just mean me. We followed Brian. Um, he couldn't record tonight because of scheduling conflicts and all that shit. But I am joined by my new, well, the new third host, Google Home. Say something to Google Home. Oh, that's not how this works. Uh, okay, Google, turn off the lights in the living room. Give it a second. You got it. Turning off the living room lights. Boom. So you motherfuckers aren't here, but this Google shit just turned off my living room lights. Watch this shit. Okay, Google. Turn on the living room. Just wait. You got it. Turning on the living room lights. Now, I'm not sure if you motherfuckers heard that click. 
but that click was my light turning on in my living room while I sit at my computer desk, hands free. So, so you know what that shit means? Your boy Evan at EDJ Studios Underground is becoming hands free. The automated homes. This shit's like that movie Ava. I mean, that movie X Machina featuring that bitch Ava. And that also means that I'm going to be a glutton in this bitch. I'm going to be fat as fuck before the year ends. Thank you, Google Home. Okay, Google, define gluttony. Questions. Gluttony, habitual greed or excess in eating. Boom. And I'm greedy for that food, <laughs> bitch. Um, so I'm, I'm at a little bit of a loss as to what to record tonight, because uh, I wanted to get something in the books because, frankly, it's been a long-ass time in between the episodes. Um, I hope that uh, Brian and I are able to record sometime soon, but um, in the interim, I want to make sure I get some shit out. Hopefully, Brian will record some episodes, some solo eps on his own, and I'll put those out, too. Um, <laughs> Pardon my yawning. Uh, let's see. Last time that we spoke, I was telling you about um, the book The Snowman by Joe Nisbo. Um, saying that the book is good and I plan to read the, uh, I mean, sorry, I plan to watch the film. Sorry, Michael Fassbender. And I did. And all of the reviews for that movie were pretty apt. Wait a minute. Okay, Google. Define apt. Apartment appropriate or suitable in the circumstances. Um, I'm not sure what the fuck that even means, so I'm not sure if I use that word correctly. But the things you, you've read about that movie are correct. Um, it is not a good movie. I feel bad for Michael Fassbender having to be part of that shit, because that shit is, was not watchable um i watch on I, I saw rather on the midnight's edge podcast show on youtube that they literally forgot to film like a quarter of the screenplay which just speaks to um shoddy a shoddy production and i'm sad that michael fassman had to attach his name to that along with assassin's creed along with uh fucking jonah hex um I guess the only thing he can play is, is fucking Magneto. And that's only really on the X-Men first class. Maybe there's a future past, but, um, yeah. So don't watch the so man movie. You are better off reading the book or listen to the audio book on like audible or wherever you get your uh, books and shit. Um, if I had to give it a rating in our patented copyrighted trademark, a drunk Iron Man scale, I would give it about two drunk Iron Mans. Uh, I would say it's definitely that bad. And now that I'm it, I think that I know what this show is going to be about. It's going to be an all Evan review episode, uh, which I've always wanted to be a journalist and a critic. And this is my spotlight and time to be so to do so. Uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm saying. It's been a long day of sleeping and doing nothing and having Google Home do all my automated shit. Um, next up, Amazon Kindle, Amazon slash Kindle, and Comics Allergy have been having a lot of sales on their um, 
Marvel graphic novels, trade paperbacks, and comic books. So I've been like stacking up on them shits, and due to some certain circumstances, I, um, I've I've been away from home a lot, and I've had. A, but doing that, on the downtime I do have, uh, I was able to do a, get to get a lot of reading done. So I purchased a lot of books for substantially discounted rates, books I've wanted to read for years, and um, I'm going to review a few of those, and for me to um, aptly. Hold up. Okay, Google. Define aptly. Absolutely. With no qualification, restriction, or limitation. Totally. Yo, y'all know that's not what I said, right? Okay, Google. Define aptly. Aptly, in a manner that is appropriate or suitable in the circumstances. Okay, there we go. Uh, I said it correctly. Um, so in order for me to aptly do that, I'm going to pause for just a quick second to go and get my iPad so I can tell you what I read. So this pause will be very short and you probably won't even notice it, but, uh... all right, so I'm back. Um, I wanted this shit to mix properly, but looks like it's not going to, but in any event, you're fine. All right, so from Comics Allergy, I recently purchased a motherfucking, um, let me just put it out there. <laughs> I need to pay more than three bucks for any of these books that I'm going to name for you. Okay, so I, I purchased the complete, uh, well, Avengers, the complete collection by Jeff Johns, volume two. I already own volume one in hardcover, I mean, in print. Um, I also purchased Black Panther, Panther's Quest, uh, Marvel Mangaverse, the complete collection, um, Inhumans, Once and Future Kings, which is a brand new book. That just, I, I'm not even sure that book finished in stores yet in regards to print. I also got Spider-Man Identity Crisis, which introduced um, Hornet and like the characters who later became the Slingers, who were just in the latest arc of uh, Scarlet Spider. I got Jubilee by Robert Kirkman, Spider-Man 2, which is also brand new. I got Wolverine Epic Collection Blood Debt, uh, featuring the Steve Scorch and the Rob Liefeld storylines. Just came out recently as well. I got that for 99 cents. I got Iron Fist Volume 2, Sabretooth Round 2, which just picks up right where I left off on that book because I did have a little exodus from most of my Marvel type. Hold on. Okay, Google. Define exodus. Exodus, a mass departure of people, especially immigrants. Well, I'm not. I guess I'm massive, ladies. So, uh, we'll let that ride. Yeah, I had a, a mass excess of all my Marvel titles. Well, titles in general, trying to get my pull as low as possible. And Iron Fist was one of the casualties. But now I can read the book in this uh, collected form, which I also got for about 99 cents. The Amazing Spider-Man, the graphic novels, which is, I kind of regret buying the graphic novels in there are not that good. The New Defenders, Volume 1. Also, kind of regret getting because it's not that good. Uh, Legion Quest, uh, X Men, that's storyline that leads into um, the Age of Apocalypse. And Thanos, the Infinity Siblings, which just came out as well, and was, which was also about um, 99 cents. So I'm going to review in a second, well, in a second, I'm going to review um, Avengers by Jeff Johns, Volume 2. But before I do that, I'm going to um, just show you, well, tell you the books that I got from Amazon Kindle in case you guys want to check it out. I'm not sure these deals are going on still, but they may be. Um, next, let's pull up the Kindle app. 
All right, let's see what I got in this bitch. It's loading. The, the Kinema app loads very slowly on my iPad. Okay. Um, one second. Come on, you son of a bitch. Okay, so I recently purchased Deadpool Secret Invasion, uh, Edge of Venomverse, The Mighty Thor, Volume 1 through Volumes 1 through 3, uh, and featuring the Asgard Sierra War. Also, Thor, Volumes 1 and 2, because Thor was when Jane Foster, Jane Foster took over as Thor, and that went for two volumes, and that's before they did the Marvel Secret Wars. So then when she came back, she came back as Mighty, Sto- Mighty Thor. Um, so that's why I just, so I have essentially, as, as far as I can recall, I think I have the entire saga, of course I get to really read. Uh, I got the New Mutants graphic novel. Uh, I got Captain America White, the Ultimate Volume 2, I believe. Punisher versus Deadpool. Sorry, Deadpool versus Punisher. The Vision. And I also got... That's it. Okay, so we'll start with what I've read from Kindle, since the app is still open. And the two that I've read thus far are Thor's volume one, Thor by 1 and 2. This is essentially the... Uh, the Jane Foster story, Thor storyline. And so far, no, the two volumes I read were both pretty pretty good. Jason Aaron is a, who's a writer of the book is a writer I feel has a lot of potential but I feel like his Marvel work is sometimes too cheesy and campy and just offbeat. Um, this is his most down to earth work and I see what he's doing um, I think it's effective but to me there's just something missing about it. It could be that I'm never overly a Thor fan whether it's Jane Foster or Thor Odinson or Donald Blank Donald Blake um, the art's good, serviceable, sometimes a little too cartoony for my likings. Something about the artist whose name is Russell Dowderman's, something about his faces that, uh, that seems a little bit too, I don't know, cherubic? Uh, okay, Google. Define sh- cherubic. Sorry, I don't understand. Yeah, so I just made that word up apparently. Th- thank you, co-host. Um... But they're engaging reads. Sometimes it kind of goes on for too long. Like he does this thing that Marvel's been doing since the Bendis effect took a place to where they have a double page spread, not of the action, but of storytelling with plenty of fucking caption boxes and 17 balloon dialogue expository shit. And it gets, it rambles on. But Jason Aaron is one of the best writers in comics. And I just want to like this book more. And not that I don't like it, but talking about it to you guys made me realize how it's just running the mill and mediocre it is to me. So I would give this shit seven and a half drunk Ironmans. This one cohesive story. And I see that where it built from his last Thor arcs. But yeah, I'll give it seven drunk Iron Man. Now, uh, when he had the Unworthy Thor book a while ago with uh, the best Thor artist, in my opinion, ever, Olivier Copriel, that was a solid nine. Um, so maybe I like him writing Thor Odinson better. I was hoping that it would, that the story behind Thor 
riding a goat and having a fucking metal or Uro metal arm would be more engaging, but really it wasn't, if I'm, if I'm being completely honest. Um, okay, so I'm reading from, from Kendu as well, um, Deadpool Secret Invasion. And when that book came out, it was really good. It's written by Michigan's own Danny Way. And the, the art by Paco Medina. I think it's just one of the Medinas. I think it's Paco. Um, back when it came out, it was engaging. And this is before we went to what I like to call, at least in comic books, Deadpool fatigue. Um, I, I, I'm looking forward to seeing the Deadpool movie. But in terms of the books, his characters just played out to me. And this, when it was written, was original. Because Michigan's own Daniel Way was the first person to give him the dueling monologues. But it's something about the book now that I couldn't really get into. It wasn't as engaging as I'm used to, you know? So I give this book, it's not all the way finished with, but I give it, um, I would give it six, uh, six Drunk Iron Man's. So... I don't keep you motherfuckers for too much longer, so I'm going to go ahead and go back to the Comics Allergy app and tell you what I read from there, of, of the books I told you about previously. Um, the only one that I've completed of yet, as of yet, is... Um, Avengers Volume 2. Now, this showed... This is probably the first storyline where the Avengers reached that crazy level of popularity. Now, when they, when they, when Heroes Return happened, that's when the book became popular again. Before then, the Avengers in my lifetime was always a third-tier book and no one gave a fuck about. It shouldn't have been, because the Avengers are Earth's mightiest heroes, but um, the, art, the art was always lackluster. The storylines were always just... So self-indulgent. I'm looking to use Jim Jim Shooter, um, but when Kurt Busiek and and George Perez took over, they put new life into the book. They gave it compelling narratives and storylines. When they left, um, a surprise hit happened when Jeff Johns took over the book, and only about maybe in two years worth of stories, he changed the game completely. He made the team best. The conflicts between the characters like Jack of Hearts and Scott Lang, uh, Black Panther and, and, and Iron Man, um, with Jack of Hearts and She-Hulk, he just did so much in a short period of time, relatively, that was amazing. Um, rereading this work, it makes me miss the comic book writing of the greats in the early 2000s, I mean like 2006 to 2012. Um and I read the current book as this reads differently. They aren't really as character focused as they used to be. They're focused on the on the plot more so and the events. Um, and Marvel did, never did it this way. It was, that was always a DC trope back when I was a kid. That's why I always preferred Marvel because even with the teen books, it focused on the, inter, the interplay between the characters and then the uh, the events in the the the, 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 the opera was was secondary. The characters came first. Like there was a, a house ad for in, in in Wizard magazine back in the day that said Marvel Comics putting the character back in comics, which is always true to me. And in reading this book, it made me lust for those times again. 
Now the nineties was a little bit overindulgent with the art, but the it, it, the the time frame that Jeff Johns wrote uh, Avengers is when Bendis was writing Daredevil and maybe the Ultimate books at the time. But that's when that Tunchy level really came to comics. Um, that's probably around the, along the same time that uh, Mark Miller was doing Ultimates. So you take Jeff Johns' run on the Avengers and Mark Miller's run on uh, the Ultimates, put those in the melting pot, you know what you get? The Avengers movies. Uh, the Marvel movies right now. Um, everything that worked perfectly. The conflict between um, Black Panther and Iron Man was smart. Well thought out, well developed, and showed the strengths of both characters. Show how they were um, working together, and it also showcased Jeff Johns writing showcased that Black Panther and Wakanda were reluctant to give up their technology to just anyone, which is something that the movie was about to capitalize. And the, the first time I remember them being selfish like that, but rightfully so. I've always known Wakanda to be uh, a powerhouse with their vibranium, and they wanted and they dared the motherfucker to come to something to them about it. Dare the motherfucker to pull up. But um, I didn't really see them being selfish with their wares, and they and they were. And that storyline um, culminated. Okay, Google, define culminated. Can't culminate. Reach a climax or point of highest development. Okay. Um. Thank you. With uh, Stark and Black Panther coming together and saying, look, we're two of the smartest people in the world. We have some of the best technological companies in the world and nations. Let's bring this together. Let's exchange this information. It also had a good plot point to where um, the Red Skull was uh, disguising himself as a person in the UN um, or some type of gut a government agency and he was trying to uh infiltrate from the inside and put a, a biohazard virus in the world to uh, that was designed to kill minorities one of the first examples that i can think of in modern comics where they made the red skull who he should be a racist piece of shit and then he said he didn't even want to put he didn't even want the black panther to put his hands on him because he had black inward hands so then black panthers took off his gloves and beat the shit out of us so i'm gonna break your fucking neck and then your jaw and then he proceeded to break his fucking jaw just amazing storytelling like one of the best red skull storylines i've ever read um and it focused one of the best black panther stories i've ever read um then it went on to talk about Hank Pym and uh, Janet Van Dyne to, to the fact that he knows that he, he, he abused her, but somehow she still has love for him and she kind of forgives him for it. That shows the, uh, the triumph that, that love can have over people, which is very interesting. And then, like, sometimes the shit doesn't make any sense. Uh, he's a piece of shit for beating her, but she went back to him, and that's sometimes it's fucked up, but sometimes people can change, people can better themselves. So it didn't judge Hank Pym for it, and he admitted to it that he was a piece of shit, and Janet still loves him. Not enough to marry the motherfucker, but she still loved him. Uh, then um, the Jack of Hearts and Scott Lane Ant Man storyline, which I don't understand Jack of Hearts to this day. I don't fucking understand Jack of Hearts. Jack of Hearts. Sometimes I talk really fast. My words, entire sentence becomes one word. But what he did, he has a power to where he has to be confined in a room for 14 hours a day. 
for some fucking reason. Because reasons. In the silly costume. But uh, Olivia Copriel did the best she could do with his uh, character design. Like, the artist who comes up again, probably my top five favorite artists of all time. Um, and him and Scott Lang just never got along. And that was explored thoroughly in, in the story arc. And it doesn't end with them liking each other. Uh... Jack of Hearts did something that could be perceived as selfless, but the way I look at it, it was selfish. And I don't want to go into what happens exactly, but it's, it's pretty fucked up. So anyway, again, I don't want to take up too much of your time, especially on a solo podcast. You, you don't want to hear our music yapping. You want to hear me yap with other people and then put in my sarcasm, my dry wit. But um, I would give this book... A solid nine out of ten drunk Iron Man's. The only way, only reason it doesn't get a ten is because Olivia Copiel didn't draw the entire book. Scott Collins was in, and Scott Collins, while a nice artist, isn't a Marvel artist to me. And it has Steve Sadowski, I think his name is, who's a definitely DC artist. Jeff Johns essentially brought his DC artist with him to Marvel, and I get it. Those are his boys, but excuse me, I wasn't feeling it. Um, but Jeff John's writing did kind of elevate the art, but so that's why that's why I can give it a ten. If you would have just kept uh, Olivier Copel and Gary Frank on art tours for his entire run, it would have been a perfect run. And it makes me wonder what could have been if Jeff Johns would have got a shot at writing more Marvel characters. It's no secret. Well, it's a little held secret. That uh, Jeff Johns run on on the Avengers is what caused DC to give them more control and power at, at their company and give them the big bucks and the big guns because they knew saw what he can do and they didn't want to lose to Marvel. Kind of like kind of what these Marvel did for Bendis back in, around that same time when he when he wrote a Batman story. Um, but I I would love to see like a Spider Man book written by Jeff Johns because he understands characters. And he brings nuances to them that other writers never have. And I would love to see an X-Men storyline with him. Or, like, some weird characters. Because he he has a penchant for liking the weird offbeat characters that other people just don't understand. So, yeah, so I'll get that 9 out of 10 drunk Iron Man. I'll be back pretty soon with, with some more content for your ass. Maybe next time I'll do music that, I, that I've been listening to. Um, but until our paths next meet, uh, we'll be here at ED Studio, EDJ Studios Underground. This is a guy in his Google Home Mini. Tell him true stories based on fiction. We out.